You are listening to The Walking Leader Podcast with your host, David Guerra. Hey there, welcome back to The Walking Leader Podcast. It's me, your host, David Guerra. In this episode, we continue with Section 3 of the Primary Leadership Development Course. Let's roll. Welcome to Section 3 of the Primary Leadership Development Course. Vamanos. Week 3, we're talking about communication skills for leaders. Leaders, at all levels, must have one thing in common. They must all have great communication skills. And uh, guess what? You're no exception. Now, do not worry if you're not a uh, top-tier communicator. With a little work, practice on your listening, verbal, and nonverbal communication skills. Well, you will soon be at the top of your game, guaranteed. Remember, you must constantly and consistently work at it. Have no choice, non-negotiable. In this session, we're going to focus on effective verbal and nonverbal communication, active listening, and feedback. Now, each of these topics is critical, critical towards becoming an effective leader of people. This is important in that people want to be heard, understood, and to understand others. So anyone that fails on delivering on what people want, especially when it comes to effective communication, well, that's uh, that's someone that is not ready to lead, and yet it's true. It's n- they're not ready to lead. It's non-negotiable. You can't force it. However, you can work at it. And I should clarify: someone who's not ready to lead at this time is what I'm saying. Now, see, effective communication can be learned, can be applied, and fine-tuned. It should always be fine-tuned. All it takes is you stepping up to do your part in learning how to communicate and listen and provide that much-needed feedback. Thus, when it comes to effective verbal communication, there are a few things to know. One, no one, and I do mean no one, no one, is a perfect orator. There are many good ones, many great orators out there in in history there. We've seen many of them, but everyone needs work. Everyone needs to improve. That's non-negotiable. Again, there's just some things that are facts of life, and that is it. However, do not let that for one moment you know, don't let it bring you down as, as everyone has always been a novice or a beginner. Everybody starts off that way. Remember it's uh, it is what you do that makes all the difference. So when, when it comes to verbal communication, here are a few types that exist. See, there's that inter, I'm sorry, intra personal communication. This would be the kind of communication you would have with your supervisor about personal personnel matters, uh, words exchanged with your spouse or partner or close friend. Basically, intrapersonal communication is not for public consumption. So think about it that way. And how is that skill? How are you with that skill right now? Think about that. Next is interpersonal. There we go. Interpersonal communication. And this form of communication that uh, takes place between two individuals. And this is uh, a one-on-one conversation, such as a business phone call. Semi-private or the kind of conversation that if overheard, will not ruin relationships or trust. So it's like you know, making a business call, right? Or talking to your next door neighbor at that, you know, mowing the yard, whatever. Now, now the next thing here is, is small group communication. So now we're expanding outward. This would be a classroom setting, a training, uh, training a department on the latest accounting software, things like that, where you have a closed group. And uh, 
that small. It, it's intimate, but yet it's formal. It's intimate, but informal. You see what I'm getting at? It, it's because it's a small group. They're more apt to open up and talk about what's going on and what their their issues or concerns are. So think about it that way. However, there's public communication. That's the last one. And picture yourself on a stage delivering a TEDx talk, right? You're hosting a podcast. Hmm. And everyone is listening. So again, public communication. This is for public consumption. There's no expectation of privacy. What you share is what you share. So I hope you get the idea. It's all about opening your mouth and sharing your words and then picking and choosing wisely where to share them and how much to share them and in what context you're presenting them. Again, some people, well, they overshare. Others learn the hard way that oversharing might just be too much. And then there's others that don't share enough and, again, leaves people obviously wanting more, but also leaves them like, does this this individual know what he's talking about? Now, for effective nonverbal communication, there are, um, there are several examples of that, and uh, such as appearance, um, body language, eye contact, facial expressions, gestures, hand, head movements, and artifacts. Artifacts, you know, objects, images. So let's break it down a little bit here. Let's spend a little time with this. Uh, appearance. It's how you appear and present yourself, and that says a lot about you, and it also helps in delivering the message you have and the message you're passionate about. So again, how you present yourself. So if you're you know, on a football team, you're not going to go to the football field on a, in a three-piece suit, but you arrive in a three-piece suit. Why? Because you're professional. You're showing that, hey, it's more than just a game. This is a business. This is your business. Right, so now you see why they, they arrive in three-piece suits. But when they're on the playing field, they're in their uniform. Padding, helmet, then big numbers, big, huge numbers. That way people can recognize them. They're delivering their message. Next is body language. Now, while, while they say clothes may make the man, they, they say that. I truly believe that your body language has a lot to do with how you project yourself. Not how you present yourself, but how you project yourself. Seriously, stand in front of someone with your arms crossed and instantly you are conveying the image that you are on the defense or you're wanting to hide something. You're not, you know, you're just suspicious of what's going on. So you put yourself, you know, you close in. And, uh, but when you put on a smile, when you put on a, sp- a, a smile and you stand with your two feet pointing in the direction of someone that projects that, hey, you're engaged you're, you're focused on that individual. You're looking at them. You're, you're, you're listening to what they're saying. You're accepting what they're saying as, as far as taking it in. So again, body language. So there's two extremes there. And there's other little ones. There's other cues. Uh, eye contact. Now, when it comes to making eye contact, there can be a, it can be a little tricky. And, I, and I've heard this over the years. It does get a little tricky because there are some cultures, societies, even here in the United States, where looking one in the eye can be taken as an offensive gesture, where looking one in the eye can, it's something not other people are not comfortable doing. And that's where sometimes that miscommunication is like, well, he doesn't look me in the eye. He must be up to something. Maybe that's how he was raised. Think about it. See, there's, there's, um, you know, of course, then there is looking one in the eye as a form of respect and community. So you're engaged, you're connected. So be careful when making eye contact with others. 
However, it doesn't hurt to try. You know, so if they start feeling uncomfortable, you're looking somebody in the eye, they feel uncomfortable, or you're trying to wonder, why isn't this person looking back at me? Maybe that's just not how they're built. So it's one of those that's hit or miss, but it's still a form of communication. But don't go quick to misunderstand or misconstrue what, what or what they're not doing, what they are or not doing. Okay, facial expressions and head movements. Now, the same applies to facial expressions as, as we saw about eye contact. If you can keep a, a blank face, if you can keep a blank face, again, body language, sorry about that, it's the same thing as uh, eye contact, body language, facial expressions. If you keep a blank face or throw a smile, then all the better. But when you sneer or show disgust, then that's not a good thing because they're picking up on that. They see it. Tilting your head may mean you you are grasping what the other individual is saying or as they're speaking, you, know, you tilt your head like it could also mean why is this person talking to me in Mandarin Chinese when all I know is English, the U.S. English, not the U.K. English. Again, see what I'm saying? So, so it's like sometimes it's like, why are we tilting our head? Do they get it? Do they not get it? And if you're up on stage and you're presenting something and you see people start tilting their head, well, either they're getting it, look for the smile. Or look for the confusion on their face and facial expressions. Alrighty, head movements. Now with gestures. All right, now gestures, you've got to be careful with gestures, especially hand gestures. Now these hand gestures can be easily misconstrued just like the peace sign. You know, the peace sign, your two fingers in a V and you with the palm facing out. Well, that means peace, right? You raise your hand, two fingers up. And the other ones are down, facing your palm facing out. But if you find yourself in the United Kingdom and your palm is facing you, well, be on guard. That's a little different. So you see, just flipping the hand one way or the other, two different meanings. And be careful. Again, hand gestures. And there's other gestures. All righty. But artifacts. Let's talk about artifacts. Uh, artifacts such as um, objects, images. Now, this goes, this goes without saying. Uh, the use of objects and images will play a huge impact, will have a huge impact in the message you're trying to convey. However, not all the impacts will be good. So pick your artifacts wisely. Be careful on what you're sharing. Um, if, the mes if the message is about, um, let's just say, pollution, right? There was that famous uh, commercial back in the 70s at this Native American in full garb, Native American garb, or as we knew it, and canoeing down the stream or river or slow-moving body of water and, you know, and showing that, hey, you know, this, this is what's going on. And they start seeing all the polluted, uh, you know, the garbage on the side of the stream, everything, stuff in the air. And so that impact was both good and bad. Right. So if you've ever seen it at the end, he's got a tear in his eye because, uh, again, this is, you know, their native land. Right. So so um, what's happened here is the image was conveyed. It is like, whoa, it's impactful. It, it showed that we have a problem. It showed we have a problem and we need to address it. But on the other side, it also says, well, how dare you um, show these issues? It's, it's not proper. It's not right. Of course, you're going to find it in this location but the world you know the rest of the country is not that way but again it just depends on who's watching it uh, their subjective interpretation of your objects and images so be careful be careful all righty so now let's shift the focus from giving 
to receiving. And receiving, what I'm talking about is like active listening. I want to hear stuff. On the uh, indeed.com, and, and that link will be on the show notes uh, there on the website. Uh, active listening is defined as active, uh, is the ability to focus completely on a speaker, understand their message, comprehend the information, and respond th- thoughtfully. Unlike passive listening, which is an act of hearing a speaker without retaining their message, this is highly valued. This highly valued interpersonal communication skill ensures you can engage and later recall specific details without needing the information repeated. And again, so you have active listening, passive listening, and sometimes in some cases you're actively listening to the first part of a question, but the second part you miss it because you're trying to focus on the other one. So be careful. Be careful. It may be misunderstood. It's like this person's not paying attention. They only pay attention half the time. Well, technically that's true. But if you're trying to formulate the answer to part one of a three-part question, yeah, you're going to miss something on the other end. All righty. So now for active listening, active listening, some of these skills that are associated with active uh, listening is uh, asking questions, asking open-ended but deeper questions to get additional clarification on what you understand and this ensures you're you are on board with what is being shared with you display some empathy this ensures that uh that one you're not sympathizing but that you are attached and engaged to the predicament or dilemma of the presenter now this can segue into sharing similar experiences however proceed with caution as to not take over the conversation especially when the presenter has suffered through a traumatic experience such as losing their home in a tornado. And all you can reply with is, oh yeah, I once built a treehouse and it got knocked down during a thunderstorm. Homes and tree forts are not the same thing, folks. So be careful. Don't, don't be, you know, be careful what you're, what you're sharing. So ensure that, yeah, while it's, you know, it may have been eight, eight year old, you may have been trauma, traumatized by the, the tree fort, but now, you know, you're much older and somebody's home, it's just gone. You know, you still had your home. So be careful. Now, smile and maintain eye contact. Now, nothing shows disinterest more than not physically paying attention to what is being presented. Thus, the same goes for avoiding distractive motions, uh, movements and and eye contact and and smiling. You know, it lets them know, hey, I'm here. Let's them know here. But the same thing with, with distracting movements. If you cannot help yourself, it may be best to move the conversation to a different location or a different time. Now, again, don't, don't want to jumble this all up, but let's break it down again. Maintaining that eye contact is perfect. It shows interest. It shows you're connected. It shows you're present. It shows you're there. Distractions and distracting movements like you tapping your feet or, or um, just, you know, sh- not tapping your feet. Um, what's that? Your knee bouncing. That's distracting. Maybe you're not, the moment might not be time for the conversation the other person wants to have with you. Just move it to a different place or a different time or there's so much going around behind them you can't help but look. Let's move it to a different location. Maybe a break room. No, maybe not the break room. Maybe a conference room or an office. See, as mentioned, when it comes to active listening, you must be 100% present in the moment and that, again, folks, is non-negotiable. So practice all your active listening skills Practice them always. The more you practice, the better you get. Now, let's move on to a harsh reality, this next section. Let's talk about feedback. The harsh reality is twofold, but all sides can agree on one thing when it comes to feedback. Feedback is something everyone needs. 
That is all about they can agree on because there are two other sides. Right? And the two sides are simple. When it comes to feedback, one side is never prepared to hear it. They would rather get offended than to understand that they are being given a gift. And folks, if you don't know this, feedback is a gift. Always has been, always will be. Now, the other side is is the people that do not give feedback. They do not want to be bothered or worse. They do not want to look like the bad guy because the other person does not know uh, how to accept the feedback. Yet, feedback is still necessary. It must be given. We need it. Um, I truly feel that feedback always is always positive and never negative. Yes, even the malicious negative feedback, you know, the kind of feedback that the jealous people will dish out solely to make you feel bad, belittle you, or what that narcissist, uh, whatever that narcissistic reason those individuals have, they're going to give you that negative feedback. And that's okay. That's on them. But why is negative feedback good? Well, one, something is better than nothing. Two, you can dissect what is being said and find the gems. And those gems are in there, in that feedback, in the good and the bad. However, be careful not to dwell on that negative feedback. Do not dwell on the individual who's giving you the negative feedback. Do not dwell on the individual that's just ready ready for you to do something wrong so they can pounce. Apparently, they got nothing else better to do. So, But dwell on the fact that you were heard and understood. Understood enough to solicit a response, whether they liked it or not. I can say the same thing about positive feedback. See, sometimes something, again, is better than nothing. It's better than no feedback. And yes, you can dissect what was said to extract the gems. There's gems there too. Now, a word word or two about no feedback. Yes, the silence can be deafening, but it should never stop you from continuing with your passion. If it matters to you, then it matters enough to continue doing what you are doing, what you're passionate of. Don't passionate about and don't let it stop you eventually the feedback will start rolling in be sure to also learn from the feedback you get however continue to improve when no feed when no feedback is coming in got to keep moving whether they they say anything or not don't don't go with well i'm not hearing anything it must mean everything's good uh, it could just be that it's terrible and they just don't want to hurt your feelings. But sometimes, you know what? We need those feelings to be hurt, especially in the professional level, because we sometimes need to know what we're doing wrong in order to get better. You can practice, practice, practice. But if you're practicing the wrong pitch, you're practicing the wrong swing on your, your, your when you tee off, you practice the wrong return in tennis, right? See, again... Yeah, you're practicing, practicing, but you're only going to get better at getting worse. But when you get that feedback, you take that, you learn from it, you grow with it, and you practice with that new information. Now you get better in a good way. So you see what's going on there. And feedback's important. It really, truly is. And if you've never given feedback, folks, just give a little feedback to somebody. I'll take it. Alrighty. Now, let's talk about homework. See, for section three, your homework assignment is to, again, in writing, and we have that download there at the website, create a list of the five verbal and nonverbal communication skills you find you are not, that's not your best, you know, what you need to work on, and put a dash next to each one. And after that dash, 
put down at least one action or activity you can work on right now to begin improving those five skills. Yeah, I know it's five skills and you can work on them. And some of them fall in line with the other ones. So be careful and look at it that way. Find the ones that work together. And then because I'm improving here, it's also going to improve over there. See what's happening? So again, your homework is to, in writing, create a list of the of five of at least five verbal and nonverbal communication skills that you find you're not at your best and put a dash next to them. After the dash, write down at least one action or activity you can work on right now to begin improving those five skills. Each one, um, meet more people, go to the gym, say hello to one new person every day, right? At work, answer the incoming calls. Doesn't hurt. You're not above that. You can take a call. Alrighty, so let's get to work. I want to take a moment to remind you that we are still very early on in this process. There are seven more episodes to go in the primary leadership development course. So please know there is more to this course than just the audio in, in this podcast. I invite you to visit my website, davegarra.com slash primary. That's davegarra.com slash P-R-I-M-A-R-Y, primary. And there you're going to find the course material such as uh, this audio, a video or two, some PDF documents for you to download and work on, and some other training material that will help you move through the course. So the next episode of the uh, Primary Leadership Development course uh, drops in a couple of weeks on or about the 23rd of, or 24th of February. There we go. And I do hope you can join me on this journey for a new year. Well, we have reached the end of this episode, and I do hope you found it both entertaining entertaining, and educational. I also do hope you continue to join us for the next episode. I thank you for joining me today. But please, don't forget, you can always contact me with questions, comments, concerns, and feedback by email at dave at davegarra.com or on Twitter at symbol davegarra, all one word, or on Instagram, dave underscore garra. Again, reach out. Don't hesitate. And I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, be confident, stay patient, and most of all, remain resilient. The Walking Leader Podcast is a David Guerra presentation.